Welcome to Business Talk Sister Cock. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today we are starting part two of our series, Ways to Make Money This Summer. 15 ways. So far we've covered quite a few and we're going to keep jumping into the rest of them. So if you missed the first episode, go back and listen to it. Definitely some really good different ideas. And I'm just going to let you know too, if you have already heard of some of these or you're like, well, that couldn't really fit my circumstance. Um, that's okay because that's how entrepreneurs start figuring out what they want to do. Okay. And I think I probably went through like 15, 20 different business ideas before I finally was like, this is the business that I'm doing with my life or this summer. So definitely um, use those to pique your imagination. The next thing that maybe you have never considered is PCAing for special needs. When some people think about special needs, they think of like a group home or whatever. And yes, that's totally something. There is a huge need there that um, the there's just not enough people doing that in general. And most companies will totally pay you to get like all of your training and certification now because they're so desperate. And the pay is pretty good. Um, within that, I've seen people have some really good relationships and just learn so much about caring for someone who um, may not cognitively be at the same level as other people. And, you know, it, this, some of my family has done this before. Uh, one of my cousins did this and I could just, I have seen like the growth and compassion that he's had for other people just experiencing what some people's lives are like. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us don't even realize what a blessing that is to recognize that this is a beautiful thing. Another one of my friends just told me that because her mom, so one, a couple of her sisters need some care that may, not necessarily everyone has. Like if you have a family member that really needs something and like even an elderly person or whatever, there's actually a ton of programs through the state as well that can even like subsidize you caring for that loved one in your own family. Like you might be doing something already that you're like, I can't get a job because I'm caring for someone in my family. There might actually be a program that can pay you to do that. So definitely check those things out. The next thing we have for you is video creation. I don't know how many times I've seen people say, wow, could you just make this video for like my son's graduation or something like that? And, and you know, most videographers are not going to do that because the price point is way too low for like a mom to pay for their kid's graduation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it is a prime opportunity for you, right? <laughs> Whether it's um, taking video footage of someone doing like baseball or whatever, putting a really nice like montage together for their um, grad party is a huge thing you could be doing right now, right before the summer or into the summer, you could be doing um, people's like story, people love um, when you document like a family member's history. Mm. You could say, yeah, if you want, I'll interview your grandpa and get his life story for you. And then you guys can keep that as like a memory documentation of his biography. So tons of ways you can do that. Definitely check out price point on what would be viable. Do some market research. Yeah, okay. Find out what time, how much time it takes you to do that. Cause especially when you're starting out, it's going to take you a lot longer to do things because it's just with time and experience, you'll just get faster as you keep going. So as you, um, but just keep tabs on if, is this project going to take me four hours or is it going to take me 20 minutes? You know, 
Yeah. And the next yeah. thing we have number nine, I believe is making healthy snacks. So I know this is something, especially for busy moms who have a lot of kids or for um, just busy moms in general, they love being able to have healthy snacks for their kids on hand. And so th if this is something that you can just mass produce a bunch and be available to sell those to people throughout the summertime, that is huge. If you go to T-Ball and there's a ton of kids there and you know that the concession stand, what they have is chips and, and nachos and hot dogs or whatever, if you go there and bring... I mean, obviously you have to be attentive to the, um, the, the ballpark that you're at and whatever and what rules they have. But if you are the supplier of the healthy snacks, not only can you get exposure from that, but also you can be a service to, um, to the moms and the, and the families and the dads of, of these kids that are bringing their kids to T-ball. And I'm just going to say right now, just from like personal experience, I will tell you that, um, there is a very low cost way to make healthy snacks over the summer. Yeah. When I go on bike rides through like the trails and everything in like rural America, I find like apple trees. I find a ton of different like variety of wild plums. Like there's so many things. If you have a food dehydrator, oh my goodness. Like you can totally pick tons of wild berries and fruits or whatever process them yourself dehydrate and you have tons of product that's absolutely free mm -hmm. to you because you went out and harvested it and i'm amazed at how many people don't do that because i do that for myself like every summer and like there's tons of wild apple trees like everywhere where i live and figuring out like how to how to know what's within your region and what's growing and what's available for free is totally going to decrease your um cost for production as well mm -hmm. yeah and with that so talking about creating your own snacks or whatever you can not only take those to things like t-ball and then sell them to, to parents or whatever but you can also be looking into starting your own stand at the farmer's market um and that it doesn't take a whole lot of work you can just go there i mean obviously it depends on where you live sometimes you have to get a permit or things like that but for the most part you can just go and set up a stand and that that stand can literally look like you taking a pickup or a minivan opening up your trunk and selling things from the back of your car um so if you're making those healthy snacks anyway or like i know a ton of people who make bread they just make bread they'll just make tons and tons just plain old bread homemade bread people love that and so then they'll just sell that from from their um from their their van or whatever they bring a wagon or just a, a table and they make jellies or things like that so farmer's market is a really good way to um, make some money this summer Becca, yeah and within that i would just say like this is where people get a little freaked out okay yeah. cottage industry okay because what a lot of people say is oh well this is not like an fda approved product blah 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 you're right it's probably not but you need to just say not approved by the fda you need to say cottage industry license mm -hmm. and basically what that means is i made this myself it's not i mean if you're saying something like oh well i want to make sure it's like approved through an industrial kitchen you could use like a church or um a community center that has an industrial kitchen and just talk with them about hey can i make my stuff here to bring to this place so check out what requirements there are for your local farmers market sometimes people have to pay a fee to be there um but cottage industry has so much more availability for you to make stuff from your house especially like jewelry whatever else oh 
please, you can go and you can do that. And then within that, um, think about how you can utilize social media to let people know when you're going to be at the farmer's market or like tell people, oh yeah, we also travel to this and this and this. Now with cottage industry, you cannot sell online for food products. You need to hand deliver to people. So um, also check out like different payment processing systems. If your farmer's market is a pretty big one or has some connections with the county, a lot of times there's also a um, EBT connection program. So what that means is like if people are have food stamps or whatever that they pay for their groceries, I know like in the state of Texas, if you go to a farmer's market and you pay with EBT, you get two for one. So like the government subsidizes um, and doubles your money. So um, it's definitely like a way to, if you're going to say, yep, we accept EBT payments, um, look at how you can process those things because that's totally going to help you and your local county will probably help you through that process of being able to accept those payments, mm -hmm. whether through like a credit card processing system or whatever. So definitely keep that in mind if you're like, yep, I'm all in and I want to make money from this for like the long term. I want to do this every year. Look at those avenues. They're totally going to be helpful for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the next thing that we have um, is a writing platform called Medium, and Becca's going to tell us about that. So if you guys have never heard of Medium before, it's kind of a more trendy, like it's in the last couple years, um, website that people basically write their own blog on. But if you read a ton of articles on there, they're like, hey, you've read more than this many articles, you need to pay $5 for our subscription to read more stuff. Now, within that, a lot of professionals within different communities of thought are writing and basically making it their own blog because there's a way you can share an article to just your friend network for absolutely free so they can read your stuff when you share it with your friends. Um, but if other people are finding your content and reading it and they have a subscription, you get paid out a little bit of money um, every for the amount of people that read it. It's based on like how many articles they've read that month and then that $5 fee gets split up between all of the articles that they've read and you connect it to like your paid account and all of that. You have to go in and figure out how can I be paid through this and you have to set up either through your business or through um, your personal like as a sole proprietor to get paid but it auto deposits striped to your bank account um, and so I did some testing with this just to try it out. Now, if you know anything about search engine optimization and like writing for your target market, it's help you with this. And obviously like if you're writing really good quality content and you've done like some surveys or you've collected some data yourself, you're going to probably get a lot more stuff. Um, I wanted to try this just to see how it works. So I wrote an article called why formal education is losing value. And I did that through um, doing some research on different networks of people and what they were talking about and then utilizing, okay, this is the platform of people that reads this. So I'm going to make content just for them. Hmm. So I tried that and I did a little bit of marketing for it by like sharing it with some subgroups of consultants and all of that on LinkedIn. And you know what? I've made like 10 bucks off of that article. And like, that's not a lot of money, but like for the amount of time that I put into it, it's residual income. And I've had over like a thousand reads on that one article and I still get email updates every month about how many people have read it. And it's still continuing to give me like a penny here or whatever there. And 
if you continue to use that platform and you create good content and you keep doing it, a lot of people make like a part-time job off of that platform. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. So the number 12 that we have is washing animals uh, for people and picking up dog poop. So this is huge. Uh, I know so many people who hate picking up dog poop. So if you are one of them, then maybe this is not for you, but <laughs> if you know people <laughs> who hate that, then you can capitalize on that. And that's basically the heart of entrepreneurship is finding a need and meeting that need. So um, what my siblings have done during this time of, of quarantine and in preparation for summer or whatever, people are all about like picking up their yards right now. Um, so what they've done is they've called a whole bunch of people and we'll have Miriam on um, another episode so she can talk about what she's been doing with this, but she calls, um, she just goes through the, the phone book and calls different people and asks them if they have a dog, <laughs> one, and if they would be willing to, um, if they would be willing to let her come and and pick up dog poop for them. So it's it's basically, and then the way that she's charging, she's figuring out her pricing right now, but what we've talked about is that um, she's just going to do $5 per bag. Um, so that like per bag of dog poop, if it fills up the, like a Walmart size bag or whatever. Um, so that's Which kind of- is incredibly low cost, mm -hmm. I think. Like I would totally be willing to pay five bucks for that. But my brother Micah, what he did when he like went and, and did someone's yard is that he just told them a flat rate of what because it was the first time he did it he said either 15 or 20 dollars and because he worked so hard and he worked in the rain it started raining on him they gave him 20 dollars so he was super stoked about that yeah um and then washing animals that's also i would just save yourself from washing someone's cat. I would I would recommend not doing that. I think dogs specifically. I don't know if you guys have Tractor Supply where you live, but Tractor Supply, you can spend $10 and they have like an entire pet washing station ready to go. It's got all the soap, all the towels, everything, all the tools. I love it. I go there for my dog all the time. But if I had a kid in my neighborhood that was like, hey, for an extra $10, I'll take your dog and like wash him for you, I would be like, oh my goodness, deal. Because you're making $10, you're paying $10, so you charge 20 bucks, right? Mm -hmm. But look for those different things that you can wash people's animals in a way that is like not going to be super like intensive of your cleaning. Mm -hmm. um, like if you do it in your mom's bathtub, she's probably going to freak out after a while. So, <laughs> yeah. so definitely like either figure out an outdoor station or find a station that's already like within your community that you can do that. There's tons of pet washing places all around. And if you were like, I'll come pick up your dog, wash them and bring them back for you. Mm, people love that. Yeah. And number 13 that we have on here, we've already done an episode about is episode 11. So definitely check that out on our website or on Spotify um, or wherever else. And uh, basically what this is about is, is, yeah, just selling on eBay, things that you find around your house. Maybe you're purging all the stuff in your house you, and you're spring cleaning, you found a whole bunch of stuff that you're like, we really don't need this. Um, talk to your parents, obviously, or if you, uh, yeah, just, just be wise about that. Don't sell other people's stuff. Uh, been there, done that, dealt with the repercussions. <laughs> so, Ruthie knows. Ruthie yeah. knows. Yeah, so get permission or whatever. Make sure you're selling your own things. And then, um, yeah, look into selling on eBay because that's a good skill to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm just going to tell you right now, like, I, like, grandparents, you would be surprised at how much stuff they want to get rid of. And, and even my dad, I was like, dad, 
I bet you that I could sell this Hot Wheel for you for some money. And he's like, no, no way. And my husband is a really big Hot Wheel collector. And he's like, oh, yeah, you totally could. I sold one of his Hot Wheels for like $50. Mm. And then I sold another one for like 150 bucks. Okay. Like there's certain things that people think are junk, which are actually totally treasure because other people collect them. Mm-hmm. Definitely find a niche and then look at buying stuff in that niche and selling it or um, see what you already have on hand. And just literally one day I went around and like just looked everything in my house up on eBay to see how much it was selling for. Mm. But watch or listen to episode 11 because that tells you a lot about profitability and how to go about making sure that you're not getting burned. Yeah. So number 14 on our list of ways that you can make money is to help people file, fill out paperwork or file paperwork. So um, the way that I've kind of looked at this is that my parents have a lot of paper. They've got a lot of kids. They've been moved a lot of different times, done a lot of taxes. (laughs) Um, So what I have done is I've said to them, hey, if you guys, I don't charge them for this, but they have a printer set up that I figured out how to um, get it to scan into their computer. And then I made them like a Google Google Drive account and then I upload. So I take the papers that they have, I scan it into the computer and then I upload it into um, into Google Drive and then I file it and everything, label it so then they can easily find it. I've even set it up on my parents' phone so that they can look on, on their phones if they want to, to find like someone's transcript or something like that. Then they have easy access to that. And then I get the perk of being able to burn the paper afterwards. <laughs> because she hates clutter. <laughs> I really do. I love being able to declutter anything. So if there's any way that you could um, look into monetizing that, doing that, there's a lot of elderly people who don't are not able to to um, access uh, um, or not able to run technology like you can. Um, so it, it, use that to your advantage, you know, like buy a printer or use one that you already have or something like that. That might cost a little bit more overhead. Um, but yeah, just looking, looking into that in the future of how you can utilize that moving forward and then filling out paperwork for people um, that is pretty self-explanatory, but just like if there's something that you know, you could also just do this as a favor to someone. If it, I know a lot of times, so with my taxes, for instance, the getting started with my taxes is always really intimidating for me. So usually what I do is I set up a meeting with Becca. And then what we do is we just start talking about it. And then once I get going with like TurboTax or whatever, then I'm fine. I just need that initial nudge to somebody to help me get started. And then I'm fine with it. I can. So maybe that's what you need to do in helping someone fill up paperwork. Yeah, I'm just going to say like, apparently my one of my giftings is understanding paperwork and it's probably because I like do a lot of research or like read a lot, but this started, I don't know if your mom has ever been like, Hey, here's like a, a sweepstakes on the back of this ketchup bottle. Can you fill it out? Like that is literally how I started trying to figure out directions to things. And like, I don't know before, you know how like, it's like, I accept these terms and conditions. I used to read every single one of those. (laughs) Like, do I really want to sign this? But anyways, so like, that's how I started like looking into that stuff. But when my parents had a flood in their basement, I handled their entire insurance claim. Mm -hmm. And within that, okay, so let's just say I would never recommend doing it for my parents. Like, don't, don't do it for your parents. It's so emotional. Like anything with a fire or like flooding is a very emotional grieving process actually. So this really is a blessing if you could try to 
do this for people who are in that stage of grief. Like they just can't even mentally focus on any of that. But when that happens, a lot of times they can't do this paperwork because it's just too emotionally taxing. So if you're like, I'm going to document your receipts. I'm going to document what you've lost. We're going to go out and get the stuff. We're going to send it to the insurance company and make sure you get reimbursed for all of the stuff that you lost. Um, I saved them like $20,000 on their basement. Mm -hmm. So those kind of things um, is definitely a way like that you can be a resource to people, but also um, if, if it's, it's totally valuable to them and you can even charge like, Hey, this is how much I could charge you to help you with this. If it's something you want to do as an actual business. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. we have uh, number 15 is our last one. And Becca's going to talk about that one right now. Okay. You guys, <laughs> you probably are not even aware, but within your community, there are a lot of times government and nonprofit run programs specifically for young adults and youth that you potentially could qualify for. Um, so within our my community, there's one where um, if you have ever been um, in like a place of financial hardship or like you've ever gone through depression or anxiety or whatever, like all these different things in your life, you actually can qualify for a, a internship program that allows you to um, work for a business and the state pays your wage um, so in my community, it's like $10 an hour, um, that you can go work for a business and, um, the state pays you, covers your work, men's comp, whatever. And then the business gets to have you in their business where they mentor you and teach you about their business and you get to work on projects. So it's basically like full out internship, but the business doesn't have to pay any money right? And that's an excellent opportunity. If you are an entrepreneurial person and you're like, whatever that person is doing, I want to be a part of it. Like, I want to learn how to do that because that's the future. You go and figure out if you can qualify for this program, you connect with the person there and you say, Hey, I want to be a part of this program. What paperwork do I need? Whatever. And then you go find that business and you say, Hey, I want to come work for you, but you don't need to pay me because here's this, or maybe it's a program that will pay 50% of the wage. If you are a, like a, a major right now in college for like a sci-tech program or um, so like science, technology, math, any of those things like in the STEM field, there are so many programs across the United States right now that will fund 50% of your internship. Now it's some paperwork. The business is like, I don't really want to fill up this paperwork, but if you help them through that process and say, I want to work for you so bad, I will help your business fill this out so that we can get this done. That's an excellent way to be proactive, mm -hmm. to get what you want in terms of like learning a new skill and you're getting paid for it. And the business is super impressed that you went out and you found it and you did it for them. Yeah. So definitely check those things out within your community. I hope these are new things you've never heard of before. Um, and then the second part of our podcast is where we talk about something. We gawk about something. And so the gawk part is to stare openly and stupidly. That's the definition of gawk. Um, so we're going to tell you a story and Ruthie's going to tell it this time. Yeah, so... Oh, we wanted to tell this one because uh, we talked about specifically going to the county fair. So basically my grandpa, wonderful man, uh, we love, love him dearly. He passed away a couple summers ago, but um, he, he took a project to the county fair. <laughs> I still laugh. <laughs> Every time. 
and literally and just entered into the fair and stuff and and afterwards my mom was talking with them about it and she was like you did not make that <laughs> and she was like what do you mean I didn't make that? She's like, I didn't know you had to make the project. I thought you could just find interesting things and enter it into the fair. <laughs> he, like, he like got this wood carving of a little man on like a bench or something from Brazil that he had like brought back with him. And he was like, wow, this is really cool. And he entered it in the fair and they're all like, wow, this is amazing because they all thought he made it himself. <laughs> yeah. He's a wonderful man. Just doesn't really read the rules sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, we look forward to having you next week. Hope you enjoyed it.